Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, people, welcome back to Football Carnage. Welcome back to another Premier League Carnage where we will be going through all the talking points of the weekend's action. Luckily, or thankfully, we haven't got a Monday night game to talk about. I don't know about you guys. I'm not really a fan of Monday night games. You know what I mean? I don't know why. I like the weekend to be just concise, packed, all the action over a couple of days. Monday, you know, you're always looking at your FPL if you're playing FPL and you've still got players to play and substitutions to be made. But um, you're all very welcome. You already know the house rules. Come on. When you walk into someone's house, you abide by their rules. And one of our rules, or the only rule on entering our house, and you're all very welcome, is like the stream. Usually Mo is the king of asking for likes. Usually his demeanor and his, the, way he's, the way he requests likes is like no one else. But, you know, forgive, forgive me for, for getting there first. Smash the like. Subscribe if you haven't. Before we get into everything else, Mo, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm uh, excited, to be honest, because there's a lot of talking points. And I know you want to start right away, Chris. So, but welcome, everybody. You know what it is? You like the, the video? It's underneath your live chat. If you're chatting right now, just close it. Hit that like button. I want to see the counter go up and then come back and chat to us. Simple, simple, simple. Michael, you already got the super chat of the day so far. Straight away, it says, Michael... <laughs> The, uh, David De, David De Gea <laughs> yeah. says hold that any response and hello how are you as well how's that for a hello how are you <laughs> oh you know what fair enough I did say he was really good yesterday he was he saved us in the first half so you know what fair enough I need more of that this upcoming week though because this upcoming week is two must win games so I'm red, I'm locked in for war this weekend this week uh, uh, De Dennis the Great says big up Grizz I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. I'm not sure if Liverpool fans are overall looking forward to tomorrow. I think it's going to be a tense, tense game. Uh, but we'll address that tomorrow, I guess. 
today's all about the Premier League. And of course, the leaders of the Premier League are right there in the form of Bilal. Behind him, the Emirates, it's, the sun is shining on the Emirates. It looked like Lady Luck, possibly, maybe, we'll get into it, sh shown on you on Saturday afternoon. And then later on in the afternoon, the, the icing on the cake, so to speak, with the forest result. How are you mm. feeling today after last week? Yeah, no, it's been mad. I've watched that game highlights I don't know how many times. I watched the bench cam that came out before we came on. And it's just like, the game was just like a movie. Like You could not script what happened. That ending was crazy. Like I, I don't know how to describe it. It's one of those moments where if we win the league, right, we're going oh. to be watching that game, <laughs> looking back at that moment. I described it as our Sadio Mane moment. Uh, uh, you know, Man United will remember the Makeda goal. You know, mm. we remember the Sadio Mane against Villa as well. Similar, uh, same end, you know, last second. You know, these kind of things, if you go on to win things, become iconic and legendary and you never, never forget about them. But there's a long way to go. And you already know that, right? Yeah, no, 100%. Because I remember when um, Welbeck scored against Leicester. 2-1 last minute. We're like, oh, we thought we won the league then. <laughs> Didn't happen. But this time, it does feel very different. So hopefully, that's a catalyst for this next run of games. And we seem to have a decent run of games on paper. And I say on paper, I stress on paper, because Everton, Brentford, all of that, well, that was on paper as well. Paper seemed, as well. Yeah, it seemed decent fixtures, but we knew, we know how they, they turned out. But yeah, the next few games seem like we can go on a bit of a run. And Man City, I'm looking at their fixtures. Not looking that easy from what I can see. I think they've got Newcastle, Liverpool at a certain point. To be it's, honest, to be honest with you guys, I, I've stopped looking at fixtures. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but this league, this season, it's not about trying to plan ahead. It's literally looking at your next game because everyone's beating everyone. Yeah. Like even the mid-table clash, guys, and I know it's not the top of our topics, but even Brighton home to who was it? Fulham. Fulham, Fulham. Fulham yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we all thought Brighton are going to blow away Fulham. Things like that. Um, um, Wolves, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, this league's just mad. I'm not going to lie. Everton obviously beating Leeds. That was another result where, well, if you're Leeds, you're feeling a bit uncertain. But then you see Southampton beat Chelsea. They're still bottom of the league. But you never know. West Ham, with the riches that they spent oh, this season, God. still... We may get into West Ham and Spurs because obviously that's one of the games we may talk about. Uh, yo, what's good? Sending a super chat says, Grizz, Grizz, we are finished. How are you feeling? I'm here, bro. Uh, I'm not feeling great, but that's got nothing to do with the FSG statement. Uh, you know, we all, I don't know if you guys read the news or heard the news. There's been another earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Mm. And that's at the top of my head. I I I I read Twitter this afternoon and my god the Liverpool fan base is slaughtering each other cursing each other smashing each other threatening each other when I see you at a game or I'm going to lose your account or do this and you're just a this and that and then you read uh, some of the stuff that we're reading about real life tragedies real life heartache Real lives being lost, real parents losing children, real children becoming orphans. And then think to yourself, get the fuck out of here with your discussion about billionaires 
buying billionaire clubs and billionaires losing money. Get the fuck out of my system, man, because this is what's on top of my head. So first and foremost, all prayers, massive, massive prayers. Um, hell on earth for that region right now. Hell on yeah, earth. It's, it's so bad. I, honestly, some of the... Because I've obviously had an interest in following that region for many reasons, obviously. I'm a Muslim, so I'm interested in that side of the world. It's a big part of you know, our, our minds and our consciousness, that region of the world. And, you know, some of the people that I've, I've been following for years who have been doing work in areas, especially northern Syria, you know, southern Turkey, a lot of the the refugees have had to, you know, concentrate in that area. You know, it's not been good already. And then you hear this news about the earthquake. And then when the earthquake did happen, you know, our experts in terms of the earthquake were saying, listen, for the next three to four weeks, there might be even more earthquakes, tremors and stuff like that. So it's not it's not the end of the, the story. It's not like a one and done kind of thing. And that's what makes it like, yeah, just really tough. So, yeah, if you can donate to any charities, if you know anyone on the ground, well, just, yeah, try and do something. Well, Shane says, Chris, do you know any charity that accept donations? I will be asking Bilal or I'll try to do it myself as well. I'll put a link in that I know, guys, that my own personal friends that have gone to the front line. So I trust them like my own family, my own people. It's not a charity. So um, it is a charity, but I know their front line and what they're doing and the effort they're putting in. So I'll put that link in the description, Shane. Thank you very much for that. Um, then you've got people like this. Then why do this show? You know? Um, it's embarrassing comments people make like that. Like, like what are you supposed to do? Does life not go on? Can you not do two, three, four things at the same time? Can you not show your respect? Can you not make awareness? So this show can also be a made awareness of the issues and the tragedies and charities. Guys, you know I'm not one to take stupid comments and, and antagonizing comments. So if you're going to make those kind of comments, get the fuck out of my stream. I don't need people like you in here. I don't even need your support or anything. Get out of here. Um, the rest of you... Welcome to the stream, as I said. Um, had to start off on that note because it's a serious real-life issue. Um, but as I said, life, we pray life goes on, yeah? Even that statement, life goes on, is mm -hmm. such a, it's just a thing, isn't it? Life goes on. Mm -hmm. For fuck's sake, thousands and thousands of people's lives don't go on. Mm -hmm. They don't go on. So we pray and we hope that lives go on. Um, let's get back to sort of... Um, Far less important stuff, but still important uh, Important to sort of some people. Um, we must address the Liverpool situation. Uh, Liverpool Football Club, uh, David Ornstein, broke the news around November time, December time, that in his opinion, or according to the research and, and he had done, Liverpool were for sale. Um, or... Liverpool will sale for minority investment. Uh, today, John Henry, Liverpool fans have been asking for clarity. Clarity, let us know what's going on because there's so many mixed reports. Um, today, um, John Henry is speaking to the Boston Globe, which is his newspaper he owns. I'm, I'm not 100% sure if it was his newspaper. If you could go down to the... He does. Spokes to the Boston Globe. There you go. Um has effectively ruled out the full sale of a club, James Pierce reports from The Athletic, speaking to Boston Sports Journal, which is his paper. I know where there's been a lot of conversation and quotes by LFC, but I keep to the facts. We merely formalised an ongoing process. So he hasn't denied that there was a process. 
Now, people need to establish facts from, from hearsay. So there was a f process formalized, like he suggests and like he says. And then he goes on to say, we'll be in England forever? No. Are we selling? No. Are we talking with investors about LFC? Yes. Will something happen? I believe so, but it won't be a sell. Have we sold anything in the last 20 plus years? Um, and if you go down below, the Athletic revealed in November um, that they were willing to sell if they got an attractive offer. Um, uh, Sack, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley were tested, sounding out interest. However, three months on, the Athletic believes no such offer has been forthcoming and has been increasingly clear. Selling a small stake in the club was the most likely outcome. Uh, senior FSG sources dismissed speculation in mid-January that they were on the brink of selling to a Qatari consortium. Uh, is there anything else worth talking about? I think that's the meat of it. Yeah, um, that's the meat. That's pretty yeah, so it. that's the meat of it. So, look, um, as far as, as the owner is concerned, and we have to take him on face value, it's his club, it's his asset. He owns it. Um, he doesn't believe or he doesn't envisage an offer coming in that will make him sell the club. That's where we stand. He absolutely understands that the, the, this this club and their working model needs to change. Well, maybe he doesn't, but I'm going to make my opinion very clear, guys. I absolutely adamant that FSG's current working model is not right for Liverpool. We won't be able to keep up the pace with Man United's, the 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 Arsenal's, the the Man City's. The working model has to change. I think the owners believe that, hence why they're looking for serious investment. Um, and so people are saying we're doomed and we're finished. We will be if we don't adapt and we don't change. We will be. When I say finished, we'll be finished competing at the highest level, in my opinion. But if we get the investment that is needed and they adapt to the new working environment that we're finding in football, and football clubs at the highest level, then I don't think we're finished. Then I still think we can go again. But at this stage, at this stage, none of us know what the future holds until the summer comes round and until there is notice of investment that will probably be investors that will lead to an eventual sale. Um, just a super chat before I get your guys' opinion on it. Uh, Dan Watson says, Grizz, as a Man United fan, I can't help think, but this is part of the Glazer strategy as well. But I do think MU for sale has a big impact on Paul Sell. Um, I've said my thing as well on that as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Man United don't sell as well. Um, guys, your reaction or opinion from outside? couple of things. Yeah, uh, the first thing I got, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say something that it's actually in November when they released the statement, it clearly stated that they are looking for third party investors and shareholders. It was clear. For some reason, most of the journalists took it and twisted it to they're looking for sale. And I, I was talking to someone in finance and said that Something like this means they are looking for someone to come buy 40%, 30% of the club, put some money and buy a stake at the club. However, but they, the valuation of the club was at this level and no offers came for that. And it, it doesn't look like they were willing to lower their price. So they were looking for shareholders. I don't think it's doom and gloom for Liverpool, even if they don't sell the club, because we have seen Liverpool over the last seven years being very competitive. 
with the right investment in the good players, like selling Coutinho, buying Van Dijk, buying Allison, getting Mo Salah. But you'll need to have the right structure. The right structure doesn't mean only the hierarchy. It means the coach, the assistant coach, the scouting people that do the work. If you do that, you can be successful. Liverpool went to three Champions League finals, right? Without that 200 million, without that, that, the 600 million that Chelsea are spending or the 1 billion that Man United and Man City spent, it's, it all depends on how the club is run from up to down, but also the manager you're getting. Jurgen Klopp was the right man. So I don't know why Liverpool... The well, meltdown on the internet is strange, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I've decided uh, wisely to ignore that. I just come on my channel and talk to people. And if they want to listen and talk, fair enough. But I ain't getting engaged. I ain't engaging on Twitter. Mo, how did we become... How did we get back on the perch? How did we do it? You just mentioned it. By getting the right structure, by spending cleverly and smartly. Now, the issue and the problem is there's three, two, three other clubs that have got huge investors and huge backing. So therefore, we have to adapt. There's absolutely no one, I think, maybe there's one or two people in the fact, one or two percent or five percent. No one in, I think, I don't think there's a more than five percent majority in the Liverpool fan base that thinks FSG's existing working model is fine and we're good to go. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. That's fucking deluded. We know we have to adapt. But Mo's given an example from an outsider. He doesn't support Liverpool. But he's seen, and even Michael and Bilal, you guys have seen how we've operated. We don't need 600 millions and 500 millions to get us back to the top. We've been crying out for 50 million to 100 million extra in a window. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, because someone asked me, what's your ideal scenario? And I said, FSG with money. And I said, if FSG invest, I'm so happy with the ownership. But they need to invest in the team, directly in the team. If, and I know, comments, have a field day. Go wild. Go mad. Get angry. Because I know it's a big if. But if we get investment in the team, it's not doom and gloom for me. If we don't, and they've waffled to us, and they've betrayed us, and they've lied to us, and then they don't do anything in the summer, they bring in, let's just say, one, two players, I will openly and aggressively say so. I will openly, aggressively say so, that they absolutely conned us, frauds, all of the terminology that you're hearing, Mo, on Twitter, cowboys, Whatever, worse. I'm using the nice terminology. I will say that. But right now, right now, I'm only interested in Madrid tomorrow and seeing if we can salvage this season. If they refuse, if they fail to spend what's required, and we know what's required. I'm not going to repeat myself. What's required is at least two to three, at least two to three midfielders and a centre-back. If they don't deliver that, you guys are my witness you guys are guests, contributors to my channel. I love you lot all. I'm telling you now, I will have one of these wild, angry fits. I will. But I haven't got the time and the energy to, to do things that are out of my control right now. These billionaires will sort themselves out. All I want them to do is sort out my club. 
that's my opinion on it, and I'm not gonna keep keep speaking on it because there's nothing we can do about it. But Mo's giving his opinion very quickly. Bilal, Michael, how are you seeing it? Well, from my point of view, right, I think you summed it up nicely, especially towards the end. If you're in a situation where you're looking at your squad and you're saying we just really need two to three midfielders, a centre back in, it doesn't need, you know, a change of ownership when this FSG for the most it part needs, it needs invest of, it needs money. It needs money, but it doesn't mean that FSG have done a bad yes. job all these years, right? This has been, from what I can see, Liverpool's first proper down year since Klopp has come. So I understand some Liverpool fans would say, like, look at what's happening in Man United, potential Qatari ownership. I think that's maybe what is, you know, affecting some Liverpool fans more than actually FSG staying. If there was no news about Qatar to Man United, I don't know if there would be this much of an issue. A lot of fans, I'd imagine, will say, listen, this this season so far has been a bit difficult. Let's regroup and go in the summer. Let's see if they can invest in a couple midfielders, a centre-back, and then next season go again. Darwin Nunes signed for big money. In January, Cody Gakpo again signed for big money. Look at that front five, six. It's quality, right? So, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's not the end of the world if I was a Liverpool fan, but I understand maybe because of the Qatari Man United news, why they feel agitated. 100%. There's no denying that. Michael, do you want to uh, say something on it as well? Because yeah. your club is going through a similar situation. Your owners are different. Their shareholders, I think they care less probably about your club even. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's an interesting to hear from a Man United person's take. Yeah, first of all, I mean, originally when I saw the news, I laughed, obviously, because yeah. that, that, that's a hater in me. But when I... Taking away the main United bias, obviously the Glazers and FSG are two different things. Most totally Liverpool, different. most totally Liverpool different. fans, the FSG have been the owners that have that have you guys have seen the biggest success at your club. Before that, you were rotting in eighth and seventh consistently. The Glazers continuously take money at the club. FSG do not take money at the club, and I've also seen them in their uh, American sports teams. Their franchises are also very successful. The Boston Red Sox are a premier baseball franchise. The Pittsburgh Penguins are a premier hockey franchise. So they know how to be owners, while the Glazers are just. I'm not going to say stuff about them personally, but Man United need to sell more because, first of all, our stadium is rotting, so we need a stadium development. Anfield does not need to get developed like that. We need a whole... Our stadium development is going to cost about $2 billion. Glazers don't have that kind of money, and they can't afford to go into more loans because they already owe so many loans. We have debt. Liverpool don't have that kind of debt. So we are... The Glazers are more pressured to sell because they have no other choice. FSG, like Grizz has continued to say, you just need investment. We need someone on the pitch. We yeah, need just... someone who's gonna in back clock. He's not been able to buy the players without having to sell certain players. So, uh, but uh, this this super chat's about what you was talking about. Shane McGee says, "I hope investment is a consultant that leads to a majority investment." I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Man United wanted five six billion. We wanted around four. Neither got that. Um, there was a comment that I wanted to bring up because 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 because. Okay, so. Dul Inko says, we've been hearing this since 2020. Then he goes through wherever. Those are the facts. Why would they suddenly spend now with a continued sell? Because if they don't, the valuation of their club will go down, down, and down. That's the reason. And if, if you think that they're not smart enough to know that, then that's fine. My opinion is, my opinion is they've always done the bare minimum. I've said that. But that's what businessmen do. The smart, smart businessmen try to extract the most by doing the least. 
that's business, right, guys? I don't know if you guys have got any family in business, whatever. That's business. Do the least, get the most. And that's what they've done. They're businessmen. Now, I think even they, and if they haven't, only they will fucking pay for it. Because businessmen hate losing money. People, businessmen hate losing value. And if the value of the asset goes from $4 billion, if we suddenly become a, a fighting for top six club, the value of the club will go down, down, down. Players, club will go. Players will leave. And we'll become a nothing club. So let's and, see. Because I think if FSG were comfortable with the way that they're spending now, they wouldn't be looking for investment. That, mean, that means that they know that they need to invest. Otherwise, like you said, the club evaluation will go down. The revenue will start going down. Because you saw with us, our revenue three years ago was at top of the top. No club in the world will make more revenue than us. And now you're seeing us fall behind the likes of Liverpool who caught up to us. Man City, even though that's shady. Real Madrid, Barcelona, PSG have usurped us. So we need the, we needed, we, our valuation went down. Five, six years ago, Man United's price, we would get bought for six, something, seven billion dollars because we were still had the, what's it called? The prestige in a sense of like more success recently. Now, all the, the, the Qataris are going to look at our books soon and they're going to see that your revenue stinks, your sponsorships stink, like Team you're rescinded the contract within a year so it's just what it is but i think we'll, i think fsg they've shown that they know how to hire the right people in a sense michael edwards that was a coup of a century because that led you to your era and i if think they could, do you know what it is do you know what it is to sum it up i think you're right i think fsg know how to get a club back to the top fsg have no proof and i have no proof if they can able to sustain a club at the mm -hmm. top sustaining and getting there is two totally different things. Now it's time to either prove it or get out. It's yeah, one time it's one thing to do it once, it's another thing to do it twice. And because now we've seen Julian Ward, I don't know if he's going to Ajax or there's Well yeah, we like, don't know. There's rumors, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Already like the succession plan that was meant to take place is not taking place, right? So now they need to come up with another plan and try and rejig everything together. And now that's the real test. It's not today, really today, much to do with money. It's today, more to do with how they restructure everything. Today, we've been linked with the Frankfurt Sporting Director. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't know if someone of you knows how to say it. Um, he was former Leipzig Sporting Director as well. And we know Leipzig have got a few gems, bought a few gems. And we know Frankfurt are one of the... Uh, underrated, would you say? Teams in Europe have done very well over the last 12 months. But let's get into the action. Of course, there's only one place to start. I guess we start from the very top, guys. Can we, can we before we do that, can, can Go we for do it. something? Uh, Man United are, I think the deal is done. Uh, Majid Al Khalifi, the chief editor for Al Doha Stadium uh, uh, Journal in Qatar has actually said that in an interview in Arabic with an Egyptian uh, interviewer. And it was within something called Al-Majlis. I, I know, you, I, I'm not sure if you guys know that. Al-Majlis, which is a, a Qatari channel, it's very for the sheikhs and stuff. And he just went next to him. They had a phone and they recorded him actually saying that the deal is done. It hasn't been announced yet. This is not me saying it. This is this guy who is very well connected, who is the chief editor, one of the biggest uh, journals in Qatar. It looks like it went through. It hasn't been announced yet, but it looks like it went through. And it will be announced in the next few days. Interesting. I'd be amazed if that's I think, true. I don't yeah. think it's true. I'll be amazed if that's true. I'll be shocked if it's true. If it is true, 
fair play. Good luck to Man United and fair play to that uh, outlet that broke that news. Man United. I think it's going to happen, you know. I think the Qataris are going to buy Man United. I think it's not too much smoke without fire, whatever the saying is. I think it's going to happen. I think the Qataris, if you look at their investment in England in general, right, I think they own like Heathrow, Harrods and these are different people. all over London. See, the thing is, right, can I, very but quickly, I, I know we say different people. But no, no, do you know what it is? Like, it's less than Actual Qataris who live there, they're all there. I get, the I get upset. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to lie. I get upset, yeah? And it's a very difficult, deep topic. Mm. when everyone just labels everyone as the same. The Qataris are buying. We don't ever say the English are buying. Yeah, but the we don't ever say the Germans are the buying. Are like we don't ever say people. the Americans are buying. Everything else is always the company name. Yeah. I hate when they just name the country that's buying it. But there is no company buying it. That's but the thing. But, 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 but the only way they're going to get through it is by... Creating in, another company. In, in, in creating They're just creating another it, company. But it's all the same people. That's what yeah, I'm trying yeah. to say. No, but, but it's that all the same people. Yeah, but, no, but that, that, that's the point. But we need to at least differentiate that because that's what creates xenophobia, guys. This is a deep. Oh, yeah, deep I topic. see your point. Absolutely. Very, no, I, very good I, I point, would agree yeah? with that if we said so this the is a Arabs deep topic. are buying. No, no, I, I would agree it. if we said the Arabs are buying, but we're saying the Qataris. The they say Arabs as well. But it creates xenophobia. I agree. City state. Yeah, I agree. Thing, basically, I agree that the, the the working model is different in the Middle East, uh, in the Arab world. Sorry, that eventually, essentially, is the state in 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 the Gulf area because Gulf in, area. Yeah, Gulf, exactly. in the Gulf area, this is very different because Sawiras is a shareholder. I think in Fulham, he's half half. That's his own company that has nothing to do with the Egyptian government. It has nothing to do with any other company. But for the Gulf, which is, if you know, the Saudis, the Kuwaitis, they have these investment groups from the sheikhs. They're all going through the crown, yes, but they are investment groups. In but groups, they yeah. all go under the crown because these are kingdoms. These are not uh, uh, republics. Um, Scott says, this is probably going to be the last. Scott, Scott says, um, FSG won't sell fully to Qatar or any state-owned. They, the fans won't accept it. Qatari won't buy part. They won't control. So far, spot on. Glazers don't care about fans. They will sell to the devil for enough cash. Pr pretty much probably as well. But you're absolutely right. I've said it from the start. FSG won't sell Qatar. What my argument was, there's 100% Qatari interest. That's what people are getting confused. I never once said Qatar buying Liverpool. I said there's 100% interest. I don't believe FSG will sell to Qatar. And I've been saying that nonstop. Um, all the time I've been saying that. They won't sell. They won't sell to Qatar. And I still don't believe they will sell to Qatar if anything was to happen. And but Qatar, do you think the Glazers will, Grace? I don't know enough about the situation, but if you ask me to guess, yep. no. If you ask me to guess right now, and it's a guess, it's not based on insight. With the Liverpool situation, there's certain things I can't reveal and I can't say, I can't open, and I can't show photos and whatnot, but I know meetings took place, etc., etc. But Qataris don't want minority Man United, uh, Liverpool in, insisted on minority, um, so that's the that's the state of play. Um, Mem Cray Eight says rival fans need to understand that our recent success has nothing to do with FSG. We all know titles are won by small margins, and we could have easily won and more created a dynasty if we spent twenty percent of what United had. Um, there's nothing to say that's fact. I appreciate your support, and that's an opinion, but. Um, we don't know what could have happened, what would have happened. We can only deal with what has happened. 
That's the way I like to see it. We can all predict if we had spent 20 million on Fakir more, bought uh, Kanate earlier and didn't buy, you know, this is hindsight and speculation. Wait, Grizz, do you think Jim is buying United? John Stewart says. Uh, my guess, I think Jim Ratcliffe will be part of the ownership of United going forward. That's my guess, part of the ownership. I think he will have something to do with it. I don't think Qatar is done or anything like that. But let's see, let's see. Guys, we must get into the game. Arsenal, I guess, to the start, where do you want to start? It's up to you guys, man. Well, let's talk. Well, well, let's let's talk, let's talk about it. We won't go into games per se. We'll talk about the overall state of the situation. I'll start with Mo. I'll skip you because you're way too smiley. <laughs> Mo, did we envisage this comeback from Arsenal? Be honest. After the defeat, going a goal down away to Villa, Emery teams we know like to make it really solid and tight and boring. Did you see this after the first half? And where do you see the title race now? No, there's two Arsenal teams. The first one is the leaky one that had too many chances, allowing the oppositions too many chances and, and, and way too much space. And the second one is, is a team that is fighting for their lives. They wanted the game back. And you won't, you won't win titles without some luck. And they were a little bit lucky. But at the end, I thought on the balance of the game, the best team won. And... I'm not going to look at fixtures and stuff, but if that was the blip these last four games and Arsenal are back on track, it's good for them because I've said it for this title race, Man City, they haven't won three games in a row since October and it, there is no sign that they're going to do this now. I don't see any signs. So I think Arsenal are closer now. They, they had to, Michael. They had to. They must, we said, come back and come back with three points. But the manner they've done it in, it's, it's the best way, right? In terms of motivation, rejuvenating rejuvenating young players, belief more than anything else, because none of those kids have been in a title race or close. All they've been is ridiculed last few years, right? Yeah, Under I mean... Chivas, you know, bottle jobs, whatever. That would have been massive, massive for them. Yeah, I think someone on Twitter said like winning that game in that manner was actually better than winning like four nil, just like slapping a villa because it shows like the grit and the mentality in the team to kind of have that fight after such a gruesome loss to Man City. So props to them, they got the win. I mean, obviously, like most said, a little lucky. I mean, that Jorginho goal is is what it is. Inchenko long range shot as well, but goals a goal, and they got the job done in the end. And they did deserve to win. They were the better team, so fair enough to them. Michael, uh, Bilal, huge. Huge mood yeah. swing, huge mood swing, even for someone as ultra positive as you. Yeah, that was, listen, honestly, that, as I said, you can't write what happened. That was, I think, the energy that we needed, right? That was like, I don't know, that just lit a fuse. That is, I don't know, that moment was just great. You know when the ball, when Jorginho hits, hits the ball, I'm like, okay. Like in that split second, like, oh, what's happening? Then, boom, Martinez hits him and it's in. And you're just thinking unbelievable scenes and you know what's even funnier like even at the time I was watching the game because everything feels slow in those moments right and that counter-attack when it went to Martinelli and it went in and the camera I don't know what it was it panned to Arteta and you can see the celebrations I don't know just as I said it just looked like a movie it didn't seem real but it happened and it's one of those things that you know I honestly feel it's going to kickstart our season hopefully hopefully we just keep on going on the run now 
And then when party, Jesus, Smith Rose back now, hopefully gets back into the groove of things as well. When everyone's fully fit and we're still hopefully a few points above City and we're still, you know, going into the real crunch time in April, May, we've got the squad. I believe like we can really do it, man. So yeah, it was just a mad moment. And as I said, it just felt like a movie, to be honest. What what was to ensue was even more of a movie, I'd say. Man City go to Forest knowing that Arsenal have won. Man City of seasons gone by, when we've been in this position, have just demoralised Liverpool fans week, week in, week out. I've, I felt so angry, frustrated, sad. Nottingham Forest, they go away to Nottingham Forest who've bought players left, right and centre like Chelsea as well. They take an early goal lead. They absolutely dominate the whole game. Chance after chance after chance. And Forest equalise at the end there. What is this season? Can you make sense of that game? Does that epitomise the whole season, the way it's going? And how no. important do you think that would be? That, actually, uh, actually, this was so different than the most of their games. The Actually, their XG this game exceeded the goals they scored. Actually, this game was way better than most of the games they played. The Good problem point. is Good point. Pep Guardiola is not going to step on the pitch and put the ball at the back of the net. This is the player's job. Pep Guardiola's job is to have the right tactics for the player to be in front of the goal and have chances. He did that. And they defended really well. But they allowed first one or two chances. And that was it. And I'm sorry. It's, the players have to take responsibility at some point. They created plenty of chances to kill this game off. And it didn't happen. And that has not. their season was so different than this game. This is something odd. I've never seen City like this. City, normally, they score four and their XG is like three or two. But this game was like, what? why you can't put the ball at the back of the net? I think it's just they were misfiring. Maybe they were thinking about the Champions League. I don't know. Maybe Arsenal winning earlier put pressure on them. They're used, the the used to the pressure. They're used to the pressure. Exactly. So how? So why, Chris? Why they didn't put... Why the Haaland, the machine, two chances but it's, double? But it's not even the first time this time, Michael. You can always, always cater for the odd game. I don't know about their record. Bilal, can you get the table up and see? Let's see Man City's record. I think they've drawn about four or five games. Four like, games they don't... the last four. When was the last time the likes of Liverpool and Man City had lost four and six games, seven games this, this time of season? What is it? Is it is the is the gap closing, Michael, or are the top teams having an off season? How you see it? It's interesting because like it's probably like the chances that play fell to like Holland, any other day he finishes that. Like I'll, I'll, we'll probably never see Holland, but I think the Phil Foden, that looked like a player that was shot of confidence a little bit. And you saw it like in the couple misses that he had. And I think Pep made a comment after that Mars is better than him. That's why he's not playing or something like that. Oh, shit. Know. did he say that? Apparently. That's what someone in the comments said. Um, so maybe he said that. I don't know. But I don't know. It's just with City, it's just something weird with them. Because like you would assume after beating Arsenal, they're kicking off from there, especially against Forest. I know Forest have been good at home against other big six, but it's still, it's Man City. But I don't know. It's just weird. Man. It's just a weird city. For, it's a weird season for Man City. Like, whatever. Every time everyone, they have a little momentum, everyone, everyone, especially them though, because every time they get momentum, they always falter, which is not something because you obviously you're used to them. Every time they want, every time you won, they always won. But this season, every time Arsenal kind of like step back up, it's Man City that always drop instead of the instead of vice versa. So it's just weird to be honest. Bilal, where was you? Where was you? What was your mood? 
and what happened when that when that result came through to you? I want to find the final whistle went. Yeah, you were messaging me that first half and you're telling me, yo, Forrest are doing bits. And I'm like, swear that I'm not watching, but okay, I'll keep an I'll keep an eye on the live score. I'm so that happy that you up. big me up there. Thank you very much. I said, you yeah. know what? I'm telling you now, Nottingham Forest have got something for you. You gave me a bit of hope. So I was just like, I had my eye on the like on my phone, little live school, but I wasn't watching. But then it hit like last 10 minutes. I'm looking at it. I said, you know what? Let me turn this on. <laughs> Let me yeah, turn but that's this the on. worst time to put on a Man City game. Trust us. That's the worst time to put on a Man City game. I, I had minutes. it like I said it like this to myself. I said, I don't want to watch 90 minutes and hope Forrest do something, I, but I can take 10 minutes of doing that. So I did it for 10 minutes, and you know what? It paid off. Chris Wood, man, my guy, beautiful. I don't know who did the run. Was it Brendan Johnson? I can't remember who did that little Gibbs amazing White or run. Brendan Johnson? Was it? Yeah, it was one of them. One of them. I can't remember. It was a crazy run, ball across the box. Chris Wood tucks it away. I think that was the only shot on target, and you know. I didn't even realize because obviously I wasn't watching the game properly. I I I wanted to be emotionally, you know, I was enjoying my win as well. I didn't want to ruin my, my my day, right? So I'm just like, you know what? Let me let me see what's happening. I look in goal for Nottingham Forest, and I'm seeing Kalo Navas. I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> we holding on. That's what I said. We holding on today, one one, and you know, final whistle. Yeah, it's it's mad. Like just a couple of days ago, Arsenal was second, doom and gloom. Your first for I don't know how many months. You lose that position. Just in a few days, everything just switches. And I honestly think, right, you know what Man City and Liverpool did the last few years? As impressive as it is, it just wasn't normal at the same time. It's not... It was a bit... It was freaks. There were two freak teams doing weird stuff. I've said this. People are going to realise in years that what Man City and Liverpool done for those five years was insane levels. They're not normal. Yeah, it was abnormal. And honestly... and, and, And of course, I would say as well from an Arsenal perspective, maybe from a Man United perspective, the other clubs in the top six were never even that good. Like, they were poor teams. Like, if you've seen Arsenal's record against Man City, for example, like, even the win the other day, I think that's 11 wins in a row against Arsenal. Arsenal, for the last few years, have not been a good team at all. Man United have not been a great team. Chelsea, as we know, in their league, in the league, they've not been great. But I think what's happened this season, right, Newcastle coming into the league has, you know, really changed things. The likes of Brighton, Fulham, all of these teams are so tough to play against. Brentford, another team that's really tough to play against. And I think that whole top nine, you don't want to play any of them. That's a tough day. You know, I think any of them teams, yeah, any of those teams on any given day could probably get a result against each other. And I think that's the difference this season. And that's why we're seeing more twists and turns. And I think it's going to be like this, hopefully, for the the next season. Yeah, rest, rest of the season, of- for the rest of Premier League, for the next decade. I want to see something like this where every week is a battle. And that's why this league is, you know, as entertaining as it is. And that's why it's got the most viewership in the world. That's a fact. And I think, mm. yeah, we just this hopefully just keeps on going. And But for me as an Arsenal fan, <laughs> yeah, Man City keep on dropping them points. And we're going to keep on hopefully getting our three points and just building a little something. But we're Michael, getting to Man United as well. Well, we're going to get into it now, Michael. Michael, Bilal talks about sort of rough evenings and tough, tough games. Everyone's ready to give you a tough game. Leicester City got nothing to play for. Middle of the table, Brendan Rodgers. That first half an hour was a lot of work for you guys. I don't know how you kept a clean sheet. I guess De Gea is the main reason. But the contrast in two halves is wild, is mad. Did you 
was you having kittens and thinking, what the fuck is this, man, in that first half? And then obviously you settled down in the second half. Yeah, first, I, honestly, I wasn't surprised at all. Like, Leicester City have been good the last couple weeks. They've scored eight goals coming into that game in their last two games against Spurs and Villa. So, and we had no Casemiro. So, I'm like, we're going to get cooked on the transition. And we ended up getting cooked on the transition right away. But De Gea did his job as a goalkeeper. Props in. Oh, congrats, I, I love him for that in that first half. And he kept that half. Oh, uh, well, kept a clean sheet. And then Rashford, which I'll talk about real quick later um, in like a minute. Then he got the goal. And then second half, I don't know what 10 Hawks hit in that locker room. But it must have been special because the way we came out in that second half was absolutely amazing. We put the press on, and that was a spectacle. And Marcus Rashford, this 500k we contract. I don't care. Give him the keys to Manchester, the keys to Buckingham Palace, anything he wants. Because this is absolutely amazing for him. Levels. And that was the first. That was we have three finals this week. We had that. That was the first one because you know we're it's gonna we're in a title race. We're only we're five points away. We have to. I can't. I can't deny the allegations no more. They're starting to stick on us, so I can't deny it. It's it's time to go hunting. We're hunting for Arsenal now. That's what. That's what we have to do. Barcelona. That's the second final. Ten Hag said, twelfth man, Old Trafford needs to step up." And obviously, the final against Newcastle on Sunday. Obviously, it is a final, so we must win. Obviously, thank you, Nick Pope. I appreciate your. I appreciate your sabotage on sun on Saturday. Loris Carriage will be in goal. So. If we lose to Loris Carriers, you might not see me on the stream next Monday. I promise you that. I will be very depressed. But Man United, it's, we're coming, man. Arsenal, we're three points behind Man City. We're five points behind Arsenal. Will we win the title? Probably not. But I want to fight for it and see what happens at the end come May. How do you see it, Mo? How do you see the Man United charge? And we have to call it a charge. They're just quietly... Well, sorry. They were quietly, quietly creeping up. Now it's no more quiet. Now they're loud. It was. It was. I, I thought it was never quiet. I think after the first two games, they actually won most of the games at Old Trafford. The thing is, Arsenal and Man City were winning too. They were going uh, like away from them, and then now Arsenal had this blip for the last three games, and Man City are doing Man City thing this season. They're not consistent. The only consistent team in the league at the moment are Man United. It looks like it. When they dropped point against Arsenal, it was a last-minute goal, which is an Arsenal at the Emirates. You're expected to do that. You're not expected to go to the Emirates and win. Not everybody is Man City. I think Man United, with Arsenal playing Man City soon at the Etihad, who says that Man, Man United cannot be three points behind Arsenal? Yeah, nobody can say that. I think Man United now, their biggest asset is Eric Ten Hag. They are creating chances and they are scoring goals. It's not Casemiro, as I saw. It's not Lissandro Martinez. It looks like, you know, Jurgen Klopp and uh, Pep Guardiola in the last four years. It's a system that works with anybody on the pitch. And it, it looks like it's this way now. So hats off to, to Eric Ten Hag, to be honest. I'm interested in, we'll do, we'll do another show later on in the, in the because I, I, I want to argue the point that the system and everything else, because I still think Rashford is making the difference. I, I said this Rashford. yesterday. I said this yesterday on Twitter, and I got cooked a little bit. I said he's covering over cracks a little bit because of his form. I think so. A little bit. Obviously, we, we were missing some players yesterday, and obviously, short-term, he's covering cracks. Obviously, long-term, Eric Ten Hag's system, once he gets all his players, will be fantastic. But right now, Rashford's unbelievable form that no one expected that. I don't care if you were his biggest supporter. None of us were expecting Marcus Rashford to score in pretty much 15 out of 16 games. That's Mbappe, Ronaldo, Messi levels. So 
I think he's covering a crash a little bit, but long may it continue. I don't really care as long as he gets me the results. But, Absolutely. but, but the chances are being created for Man United. So that's the whole point. And but but, but it, you it, just can't see Sancho or Martial or Weghorst finishing those ones, Mo. Like Martial the is not there. And but, <laughs> just you know, I just fully forgot about that. Like, he was part of... I haven't, trust me, because I see where, where course can't run. So I trust me, I haven't forgotten about Martial. I really, honestly, I think he's in severe still, man. You might Let, let's, <laughs> let's crack on because I must I must round it up in a few minutes because I've got the big six to do as well. Um, I guess Chelsea's debacle continues. Obviously, the Liverpool game we covered on Red Fellas extensively last night. A magnificent show. If you haven't checked it out, Liverpool fans, go and check out Red Fellas from last night. It was quite the show. We, all done a, we also done a preview to Madrid in the same show. The Chelsea debacle, call it what you want. The circus, the the whole club, it's, it's a mess. And we were we were in our rights to call it a mess weeks and weeks ago when we were like being asked, with, with being told we're bitter. Bilal, where's the light at the end of the tunnel for Chelsea? You know what? I haven't got a clue anymore because I'm reading the Chelsea reports and they're saying that they want to give Potter time. And and I, from what I gauge from the general Chelsea fan base, and, and even months ago, like Chelsea fans that I knew were telling me they don't think Potter's going to have the full season. And this was when I believed that, you know, there was a bit of a project there. They're giving a long-term contract. But now the, the, the tide has turned completely against him. For me with Chelsea now, their media is talking about Arteta last season at Arsenal. You know, there was a lot of pressure on, for, under him, you know, and all of this sort of stuff. But, you know, Arsenal never sacks him. But it's not the same situation. It's not. You've gone and spent nearly 700 million in like two windows. We need results, mate. You know, we need results. You can't be losing to the Southampton twice in one season. Chelsea right now, I don't know where they're going. I don't know what the plan is. Like, and I don't feel like, to be honest, right, as much as we thought Potter is a good manager, is he really at this level right now? Is this just too much for him it's too many players there was one clip i've seen on twitter it was going around you see the players the chelsea players coming out of the tunnel and it's just like they're going to a funeral or something like it's like they don't want to be there they've just signed a bunch of players who've gone there simply for the money you have to keep it real none of them have gone there for footballing reasons especially guys like enzo fernandez he was at benfica Rui costa telling him listen stay in the summer real madrid man city all of these sort of teams will probably be after you. You can play Champions League football with Benfica. You never know what Benfica could do. But he kept on pushing for that move. Why? Because of the money. And I don't blame any player who most players are working class, come from poor backgrounds. I don't blame anyone going for the money. But when all of your players are signing for this reason... You've got to look for a sporting it... project, exactly. Yeah, how it is it going to be... work? The hunger and desire isn't in these players, you can tell. And we don't know if it's going to continue. Mo, I want your opinion on the Spurs-West Ham game. Well, it was one of the worst. I don't know if you watched it, Michael or or, or Mo. I did Great shout. It was one of the worst games in that first half. I watched it, unfortunately. It was unbelievably bad. And we expected it to be that bad. Just like we predicted Tottenham-Milan was going to be that bad. And guess what the, the coefficient is, Tottenham? What's going on? Conte... Every time Conte's not there, though, they win a game of football. Very briefly, they're still in the fourth place, Mo. Inconsistent. The most inconsistent team. You don't know. Again, it's Chelsea. Next week, they can lose 3-0 or they can, <laughs> they can win 1 or 2-0. It, it's just very strange, to be honest. Uh, they don't play good football. It looks like it's just, you know what, let's hope that Harry Kane does something. Let's hope that 
let's let's pass to Hurricane and hope that something happened. Uh, I don't see the Conti uh, footprint that I saw at Chelsea at Inter at Juventus. I, I don't see that, and I don't know what why this Tottenham team is still in the fourth place. It looks like everybody else is just bad, and that's it. It's as simple as that. It's just it's shambolic football. Hey, Chris, you're muted. It's the most wildest of seasons. You're right, Mo. It's shambolic. How are Spurs fourth? It's beyond comprehension. We've been sitting here slaughtering Conte, their players. They look dead, yet they're fourth. It's unreal. It's unreal. Arsenal, you know, five-point lead with a game in hand. No, two-point lead with a game in hand. Two-point lead with a game in hand, yeah. Two-point game with a lead. And that game in hand is against Everton at home. You think, you'd think that's a five-point lead in effect. But then Everton go and beat Leeds, of course. You expect them to beat Leeds just about. It's a mad season. It's getting crazy and crazy as the week goes by. We won't get crazy. We will stay sane. We will try to bring you Premier League carnage at least once a week, depending on the fixtures. Again, a quick prompt-to show. Of course, the Liverpool takeover or non-takeover news took the majority of it. Guys, thank you very much. Make sure you like and subscribe to the guys them as well. Make sure you like and subscribe. I'm so close to 25k. I want to get to 25k before the end of the season. Hopefully, Madrid Liverpool tomorrow will be well. My uh, guys, I don't even know. Very quickly, very quickly. I want quick predictions, quick fire predictions. Ah, I'm so nervous about tomorrow because they're the only team that I don't think give a shit about coming to Anfield. No true mini, no Cruz though. So, you never know. You never know. What's your Liverpool. prediction? I've got 2-1. i got 2-1 Liverpool for the first leg. Mo? Same. 2-1 Liverpool. I'm the same. <laughs> you think Liverpool, guys? Yeah, yeah no Tromani, no Cruz is not looking good. No well, we ain't no, we ain't no, 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 no Thiago, no Jota, no Diaz. Thiago hype. Now you look better with that, Thiago. I will say one thing. Barcelona, top of the league. Manchester United took them to school and back at the Camp Nou. That's the level of La Liga right now. Madrid are a different animal Champions League, but we'll discuss it tomorrow, people. This has been Premier League Carnage. We out of here. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.